0: Not a matter of if, but when a crisis could rock your world. I'm Rashini Rajkumar, crisis strategist, licensed attorney, and host of The Crisis Files. In each case file, we explore a ripped from the headlines crisis or real world controversy. My Crisis Squad and I are here to find solutions. Today, Crisis Squad member and CEO of Goff Public, Jennifer Hellman, is here. Jen is a reputation management and PR professional who helps clients tell their stories and stay out of sticky situations. One of her areas of specialty is crises at academic institutions. Our case file today is partly a follow-up to case file number 27, academic feelings, and mostly a guide to help you write your own narrative When things get tough in your job situation or when you're trying to craft your next move in any landscape, this is the Case File I call Quit While You're Ahead. First, coming up in mid-May 2023, a federal court will hear a motion to dismiss a defamation and religious discrimination lawsuit against St. Paul, Minnesota's Hamlin University. Stemming from events in October 2022, when Hamlin didn't renew an adjunct instructor after she showed an image of the Prophet Muhammad in her classroom, which led to a Muslim student complaining. This made national headlines for a number of reasons. The instructor says she had permission from her department and gave lots of notice to students to not attend class or look away. The president of Hamlin did what I call questionable back and forth that Crisis Squad member Dr. Abdul-Omari and I talked through in case file number 27. Today, we understand that university president is retiring in 2024. My question to Jen, should she have just resigned right away because Hamline University and she were getting accused of being wishy-washy with academic freedom?
1: So I think that speed, of course, in any type of a crisis situation is essential. In this case, I think that she responded too quickly from the beginning. She responded to the community in kind of a condemning way before she had all of the facts. I don't know how it worked internally at the institution, but it seems to me that some of the communication was probably done hastily and without seeking advice of multiple people. So it went out quickly. And then she continued to double down on some of those messages that she was using. And so I think that Her quest to get information out quickly was the right thing. It's the message was wrong. And had there been a pause, a chance to gather even just a little bit more information, she would have been in better shape. Because indeed, when we are talking
0: about academic freedom, academic expression, First Amendment rights, all of these things that are so essential, maybe even sacred in the United States. That is when we need to really take pause. So your advice about getting all of the facts,
1: really good advice for anyone. Absolutely. Sometimes I'm working with companies that want to take too long to respond because they want all of the facts. And by that point, you've already lost the attention of your audiences or you've already lost some of their trust. So there is something to wanting to get out ahead and own the narrative But there's also this moment of taking a pause and making sure that you have the right information before going out, especially when you're going to form a strong opinion, which is what this president did. And so she kind of just kept digging a deeper hole for herself. It was academic freedom, but it was more of the way that She responded as a leader, jumping to a really quick conclusion. It was clear that she wasn't aligned with her board and their leadership. So you could see a fracture right away internally, which I think then really impacts people's faith and trust in the institution. Using this just as a
0: launching point. So if we think about all the organizations out there, they don't have to be academic institutions, corporations, small businesses. High schools, you know, anything. Is there some best practices we can come up with this? And the other piece in this case is I was surprised her board didn't ask for her resignation or just fire her behind the scenes and then let her have a decent narrative to leave right away.
1: When we're thinking about a crisis response, one is we're identifying the appropriate spokesperson. This is always a question that I get in my industry. Does it have to be the CEO when something happens? The answer is no. Sometimes it might be subject matter expert. Other times, a crisis doesn't rise to the level of needing to put your top person out there. Sometimes we try to protect them. We save them for the really big things. In this case, It was probably appropriate that the president came out when you're talking about academic freedom and something so essential to higher ed. It makes sense. But the risk of coming out with the CEO, in this case a president, as spokesperson is, you know, there's the saying that that's why you get paid the big bucks. It's because that's where the buck stops, right? And if you screw up, you have to be willing to face the consequences. In this case, there were opportunities to correct the course, and it didn't happen. It just became one misstep after another, and when you have multiple missteps, that's when you start to lose trust. I think the biggest concern in all of this is once people have lost trust in an institution, you have to do everything you can to try to build that back, and often that means it's time for new leadership. Because that's the only way that people will see you taking a strong enough stance to course correct.
0: Right. To course correct and to say, hey, this is not what our brand is about. We care about our brand. We care about the institutional history no matter what brand we're talking about. Let's go a little more generalized now to the person out there who's listening who might be in a pretty crappy job situation. Or they even believe they're about to get fired. How does that person not first of all, they're emotional, but really not ride with the emotion, but try to take
1: control of their own narrative. The emotion is hard, right? It's hard not to take these issues personally, especially when you are the leader. But that's why you need really good people around you. You need to be able to Try out your messages on multiple people, see how they're going to land, see how they're going to be perceived by somebody who isn't taking it as personally, and then making sure that you go into it with your eyes wide open.
0: Yeah, no, really great advice. What if you are in a situation where you want to leave one organization, you want to stay in your industry, but you
1: really don't want to burn a bridge? What are some best practices there, Jen? Well, you have to be really careful. And, you know, I mean, going back to the Hamlin situation, I was surprised there wasn't action happening quicker. And if I was advising them behind the scenes, what I would have advised the president would be to go to her board chair and say, I realize I've put the institution in a really difficult situation. I think the best thing for the college at this point is for me to step aside. I would have negotiated some type of a buyout to buy yourself some time because when something like this happens, you can't go out and seek immediate employment. You need to create some space. People can come back from this. I don't really believe that cancel culture is permanent anymore. I think the news cycles are so Quick, And I also think people are willing to forgive and move on, but there does need to be a pause there. So, you know, I think it is figuring out your own exit strategy. When have you gotten in the way of your organization's ability to succeed? Because at that point, it is your responsibility to step aside. And that goes much better if you're making that decision for yourself and in collaboration with your board or leadership rather than being forced out. That's much harder to come back from.
0: Let's talk about timelines. Let's say someone completely out of the blue is told we're eliminating your job or you're fired. We don't need your services anymore. And it was really, really out of the blue.
1: What do you do then as that either employee or leader? As the leader who's being dismissed, first of all, don't react immediately because at that point, it's all emotional. I always advise anyone, even if you're just somebody who's reading the comment section in your local paper and you are worked up and you want to respond, I always recommend at least a 30-minute rule. Walk away from your computer. Go do something else. If in 30 minutes you still feel that strongly, then consider responding. If it's a case of you've just lost your career and you feel like that hasn't been fair, you're completely emotional, you're going to need a lot more than 30 minutes. But take a deep breath because once we put something out there, once we start speaking negatively or disparagingly about a company or your former employer, you can't bring that back. So I think that people need to figure out what's next, figure out what you can learn from it. Why did it happen? What do you want your brand and your narrative to be going forward? And by the way, that better be a positive, taking a high road narrative. So don't come out publicly until you've gotten yourself in that space.
0: It's okay to take time. Yeah, one of my rules, if I get an email that's off-putting or, like you say, step away for 30 minutes, my rule is sleep on it. That could be several hours of time away. And often you'll go back to that email or that social media post. And it won't seem as jarring or alarming. And that's really interesting. So let's talk about bad optics in general, okay? No matter what the situation, let's say you, you know, literally were caught with your pants down. A bad photo is out there about you or something like that. Or you said something in a private conversation, it was leaked, and now that's really damaging maybe to your family or to your company. How do you, what's step number one there?
1: Well in that instance, you know, you bring up your family, I would start thinking about your concentric circles. What came out? And then who are the people that matter most to you? And I would say even though something might be exploding publicly, that can wait. First get it right with your core group, you know? If that's your family and something has come out that is going to surprise them, get it straight with them do apologies as needed, talk through that. Then you need to think about your employer, the people within your circles who might be impacted. And then finally, you're going out to the public. But I think I would get really straight in my mind about who those people are that matter the most, because so much can happen publicly, and people will form all kinds of impressions about you, right or wrong. But your family and your core group, that's really who you can't replace. Those are the people who know you, who trust you. And I think that's where I would focus. There's time for that public narrative, but you also need third-party advocates, people who can come to your defense, be able to say This thing that happened was completely out of character. It doesn't change who this person is, right? And I've known this person and worked with this person for 30 years. Those types of third-party validators are incredibly important as you're looking at restoring your reputation and trust.
0: And you mentioned those third-party validators. They are important for you now, but that long-term relationship or relationships you've built. It just goes to show like those pay off in tough times. It's not really always the great times that you need those type of people, but through the good times and the up and down times, just creating those and building and developing those relationships. So crucial. I do love it when our case files intermingle. And you mentioned a couple words today that bring me back to the case file we did with you and Dr. Z, apology or not, as well as our cancel culture crackdown we did with Paul McGuire Grimes. So I'm wondering if you can kind of blend those two together, because I'm like you. I do think we can get over this potential of being canceled. We still live in America where Americans love a comeback story. But how do we discern between when a real apology is needed, when we should... Be quiet for a while so that we can ride out that time of maybe possible cancellation.
1: If you've gotten to a point where people are upset with you for good reason, there's usually something you can apologize for. If you want to go back to the example of Hamlin, that president could have come out and said, I apologize that I communicated too quickly before I had all of the facts, Of course, academic freedom is a core value of our institution. Of course, respect for difference and students of all different religions and preferences is key to our values. I got emotional thinking about needing to react to this, right? These core values that seem to be working against each other and really what I should have done is taken the time to hear from everyone involved, to better understand the remedies that need to happen. And I wish that I would have paused because here's what I would have done. And I think people might have been willing to listen to that. So I think, number one, is there something that you need to apologize for? Then think about the right way to do that. Then as you're thinking about coming back and needing to repair that reputation, your point about people loving a comeback story, that's the American way. So what did we learn from that? Everybody faces obstacles in their life. People can relate to that. So if I'm a leader and I'm coming back out there, don't try to ignore all the stuff that's been out there. Own it. Everybody is starting on that same page because they've read about you in the paper and they've seen all the comments on social media. So go into it knowing that they know that and then be prepared to talk about what you learned from it and how it's going to make you a better leader going forward.
0: Just as I say, own your wow. When things aren't as good, we need to own those things, too. And this is where that intentionality of creating your own narrative, preventing the worst-case scenario, always comes in handy. Thanks to Jennifer Hellman, Crisis Squad member and CEO of Goff Public, and to our audio engineer, Tom Hamilton of Undertone Music. Today's Crisis Brief is brought to you by Minneapolis Regional Chamber. Number one, intention matters. Focus on writing your own narrative, and try not to burn bridges while you're at it. Number two, consider the right spokesperson for each situation. Save your CEO for the big stuff. Number three, sometimes leaving one situation is the best thing you can do for your legacy, your personal brand, and all stakeholders involved. The Minneapolis Regional Chamber is a proud sponsor of the Crisis Files podcast. The Minneapolis Regional Chamber is the area's most active business advocacy organization, playing a critical role in top issues impacting the region, including workforce development, education, housing, and transportation. Make your voice heard by becoming a member of the Minneapolis Regional Chamber. Learn more at mplschamber.com or Google Minneapolis Regional Chamber. Catch up on all case files at thecrisisfiles.com for the show archive and special videos. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at The Crisis Files. Subscribe to our YouTube page on thecrisisfiles.com. We do not provide legal, financial, medical, or PR advice for particular situations, but strongly recommend you seek out professionals to help with your specific need. I'm Rashini Rajkumar. Join me next time on The Crisis Files.